0: And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. This is your host Menion, also known as Rob. So with this as my twentieth episode, and having completed the village of Homlet in my Advanced Dungeons and Dragons um, Greyhawk campaign, I've decided to put up a few um, call-ins that I've. Uh, got over the last few days, most of which refer back to previous episodes of the podcast and look at those and also reflect back on um, some of those uh, ideas that uh, inspired me to get back into the hobby to start the podcast and look forward uh, to what I should be doing from here on. So first up, I've got a call in from Colin of Spike Pit podcast, and then a number of messages from Jason of Nerds, RPG Variety Cast. Um, both of them look largely at the um, Oriental adventures and um, the Twitter storm surrounding orcs and uh, other uh, races or monsters in fantasy role playing games that has been uh kind of washing back and forward um on our shores recently so let's have a look at uh, a look a listen to those first hi rob um yeah i sympathize with you and your twitter storm i um, i've got to say i'm one of the one of the folks who kind of remain quiet and sort of roll my eyes sometimes every now and then i'll speak out but Uh, I find it a constant source of frustration. But I'm interested, super interested, in fact, in hearing what you do with Oriental Adventures, especially with you being out there in Japan and maybe tracking down some of those Japanese playtesters. I, like I say, loved it. It opened my eyes in in my formative years to ideas about different cultures and the the whole idea of the honour and stuff like that was a really interesting concept uh, and I think it sparked off something that's stayed with me to this day take care, I'll catch you later
1: Listen here catching up on your podcasts just listen to Don't Give Up the Ship I'll move on to the next one here in a second I- I'll resend you the links and a direct message for the Target 20 stuff and the exact episodes for Chicago Wiz's blog on AD&D Combat As far as the Celtic stuff goes, I I think everybody's issue with the Bard was always was such an unrealistic class to qualify for. You know, the ability scores, everything else was nigh impossible. But I think most people just wanted to start off as a Bard. You know, and and you see that in the reimagining of the class that shows up in Dragon Magazine later on. But very interesting background on the Celt stuff. You know, if you do another episode in that series, I'd be interested to listen to and I'll leave you one more message. Reference the Twitter verse. Personally, I choose to ignore Twitter and Facebook and all that crap. I have no time or desire to deal with arguments with people, but I don't discount its importance. And I think the kind of thing you're talking about and doing a positive campaign and showing people the truth well, showing people a different view and opening their mind up, making them think critically about things. I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how well it will be received even, you know, you bring out the original playtesters and for Oriental Ventures, you know, I, I still think the people that are crapping on it are still going to crap on it. I, I don't think their eyes will be opened. But I think it's a valuable exercise and I do support that. And, and, and I'm happy that you're out there trying to defend these things even though I I fear your efforts will be um, wasted. Let me take that back. I don't think your efforts will be wasted. I think your efforts will be lost on the majority of the people. I think they live in echo chambers, and I think they only listen to each other, and and they're not going to open their ears. But But if you win one convert, if you get one person to think critically and actually think on their own, I think it's a worthwhile exercise. I I really do. I I would also encourage, although it's common to use the word Nazi, Nazi, right, Um, these days. I I think that's diminishing of of the truth, and and I think we should avoid using that. Unless somebody's actually a card-carrying national socialist, a real Nazi, I I don't think we should call people Nazis or call people Hitler or all this stuff, because you're diminishing the evil that did exist, in germany in those times and not saying germans are evil but i think we shouldn't call other people those terms one additional thing and i don't know if this is worth putting out on your podcast or not this is more just an idea i don't know what the legal rights issues involved would be but i think there's value in archiving not just the urls of interviews but actually the actual interviews, actually saving the recordings separately because podcasts do go away. Creators do decide to remove episodes. Like Jason Hobbs took down the episode with um, Alexander Macris. I might have that name wrong. But the the creator of Adventure Conqueror King system. Anyway, but so podcasts can be taken down where they're no longer available. So it may be worthwhile to actually And, and, you know, some of these older creators, the original guys are now viewed as racist and evil people by, and, and some of them have done some bad things, but womanizing whatnot. But anyhow, point being, if we want to save these interviews for future prosperity, it might be worthwhile to save the interview, not just the URL as, you know, the person that did the interview might take the interview down at some point. So just a thought.
0: So thank you first to Colin and Jason for those messages. Yeah, I was a little bit obviously upset I allowed these things to get to me. And, you know, you're quite right, Colin, that the best way to handle these things is not to get involved. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes. So um, currently uh, I've not made a lot more progress with the Oriental Adventures project that I'm up to. So I've not really uh, had a lot of Leads to um, finding out who the original Oriental Adventures playtesters were in Japan, um, but the the tweet did get quite a lot of likes for my um, stand by my standards. So that was about seventy two at current reckoning, I reckon. But it got ninety four retweets, which is what's really helped. And I did get a little a little bit of information. So one of the people that did um, actually play in Tokyo University with the with I, uh, one of the playtesters, mentioned that um, the universities in Osaka and Kobe were also back in the 80s or may- maybe as far back as the early 70s starting to um, play Dungeons and Dragons and translate the English books into sort of some kind of a workable uh, format for our students here in Japan. Now I've got um. I got uh some information saying that one of the former um like um, club club um presidents for the D&D uh, back in Kobe University I think it was formed a company called Group SNE which is responsible for uh, releasing several uh, Japanese made role playing games but also has um imported games such as Pugmire uh, into Japan and have them translated they also release a number of magazines um, including Tunnels and Trolls magazine and Warlock magazine yeah that's Warlock the old uh, fighting fantasy magazine it's been sort of uh, resurrected and is available only in Japanese so um, there's that there's that avenue um, that I can explore so I think I really want to, I think I want to, I really, really want to get in touch with this um, guy at SNE and see if he can give me any leads or even if he was involved in the original playtesting of Oriental Adventures. And Jason raises lots of good points there, um, all of which I agree with. So we can't change the minds of those who've already invested themselves, I suppose, in an argument or some kind of movement um, rather I think what we've got to do is try to, I don't know, broaden the context, provide um, some backdrop to the issues and concerns that people have with games such as Oriental Adventures or some other facets of role playing whether um, modern, some modern edition or system or something from back in the day so that if they do have can people have concerns they can see this see the um issue from different sides they can see the the negative points as well as the positive points and hopefully realize that it wasn't really black and white that there was a lot of different people there were a lot of different people involved in the hobby um and many of them had far more, let's say, progressive th- ideas than might be the case today. So that's one thing that uh, I, I hope um, to look into. Uh, I don't know how successful I will be at doing it. And of course, you also, Jason also mentioned um, looking into the uh, possibility of archiving actual uh, full episodes as opposed to providing a list of URLs and that's something that I did think of as well and I'm also concerned that there might be legal issues because people do have copyright in the content if you want to call it that that they produce on, on podcasts or on YouTube um, I did briefly talk to uh, James and others of uh, James of sorry James of the uh, Grog Talk, uh, the AD and D uh, YouTube and podcast, and he was really um, positive about it. And I think he was happy for it, for the material to be to be kept on an arc separate archive, um, just in case they they lose the files or something. Uh, I'm sure other people feel that way, but then. There's other other, um, uh, problem or issues at hand, you know, people that have different, uh, might have different uh, views of this. So that's something I'll have to look at at a point, uh, sorry, case by case uh, basis. Um, I have been making a little bit of progress, by the way, on the lists, but um, recently I've been listening to the uh, interviews of the Grognard files and uh there's so there's quite a lot of them that's not a complaint there's a lot of them and to really find out what's in what episode and how to kind of provide uh add tags to my list i really had to sort of start listening to a lot of these again um mostly at uh 1.5 or two times the normal speed so it's quite funny so um yep still very much in the air but um quite enjoying the work that I've done on that so far and also um, hearing the feedback is really encouraging and it gets me thinking that well it's not just my project you know so I don't have to feel like it's a massive burden on me I can do I can make um, do some work there um, make some progress then add that up to something you know perhaps a blog and then open up to other people who might want to make some adjustments or do to add um, uh, items of their own to the list. So anyway, guys, thank you very much. So next up, I received a few messages from a new listener, um, but not a new um, person to the Anchor community. Uh, this is The Lonely Adventurer from Camping with Owlbears. Now, I know the name very well, but I haven't as yet listened to the podcast. So that's something, another one on my list. Let's hear what he has to say.
2: Hello, Mr. Minion. This is uh, The Lonely Adventurer from Camping with Owlbears. I just listened to the first oh, five or six episodes of your podcast, and I just want to ring in and tell you how much I'm enjoying it. I came off of a long... Uh, string of listening to the Purple Worms, and it's a very uh, quite a tonal shift listening to a bunch of rowdy geezers over on Old Blighty, uh, having a verbal brawl, uh, then transitioning to your very serene and extremely chill-in-a-good-way podcast. Uh, Love them both. Yeah, they're great. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to uh, listen to more. Have a good one. Oh, and I forgot the thing that spurred me to actually call in, uh, other than just to say hello and welcome. Uh, I really enjoyed your conversation about Tolkien and The Hobbit and how his worldviews influenced his writing, uh, etc. That was very insightful. I really enjoyed it. And uh, look forward to uh, hopefully more such insightful podcasts in the future. Take care. Lonely Adventurer out morning rob lonely adventure well morning i suppose it's probably still middle of the night where you are but uh in virginia it is early morning and i don't know what the time differential is but anyway greetings whenever you get this uh just listen to your episodes on the menser box set and your update of your town of Hamlet game sorry for the huffing and puffing i'm out for my walk um and i just really enjoyed both of them thoroughly thank you for those and uh, five points for uh, bringing in the concept of the male gaze as it pertains to art in role-playing games. I, uh, it's a conversation I get into a lot with people where they say, oh, well, the, the male barbarian's basically naked too, so it's fair, right? <laughs> and that always leads me down a rabbit hole of explaining, well, that whole concept. Anyway, <laughs> have a great one. Talk to you soon.
0: Well, first up, uh, thank you to The Lonely Adventure for those wonderful comments. Um, any comparison to to the Purple Worm group uh, or of associated uh, UK gamers is certainly a welcome one as I really enjoy their podcasts too. Uh, I think the main reason why I'm chilled or sound chilled back, I don't think I am, but it's probably largely down to the fact that I'm on, I'm on my own, just like you. I'm a sort of lonely adventurer, just an oriental one. So... It means that, uh, you know, I sort of, I'm sort of within the four walls and talking to myself a lot of the time where um, it seems that way when I'm recording these podcasts. But, you know, the aim obviously is to hook up with other people and to kind of make some kind of connection and hopefully learn something about myself and about others in the process. That's getting a bit complicated, but, you know, what I mean... So, um, yeah, thanks very much. Also glad you liked the uh, Tolkien thing. I think since I started, uh, after I read The Hobbit and my appraisal of that, I was really happy to read The Silmarillion and then be kind of uh, delighted to see a very different Tolkien within those pages, a much older Tolkien, a more um, melancholy uh talking in many ways but somebody not quite as uh, as as um sort of ideological a little bit more rounded around the edges and a little bit perhaps uh less certain of how ideas can be right or wrong or how they can be um uh, employed or adopted within society You know, I think he felt that things, the world had changed very much since when he was born and that it was very hard for him to find something constant or to point towards a direction in which the human uh, race could proceed or progress towards. I don't know, I, I need to read the books and get into this a little bit further. As for your comment on the male gaze, yeah, this is something I was kind of thinking about when I got back into the hobby and looking at the art and stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm as laddish as the the guys um, in the UK. I'm not saying the purple worm guys are laddish or or, or lout. Certainly not loutish. Um, but I'm I'm as laddish as anybody else, you know. Um, and I I, I don't personally have any big problems with um, some of the depictions in art. Um, I was brought up on Benny Hill, you know, I was brought up in the in the 80s, so I'm familiar with those things, perhaps too familiar, but I'm also aware that that not so much that society changes, I mean that's obvious, but I'm, I'm aware that people look at things in different ways what what may be acceptable to me might not be acceptable to somebody else and my my harmless uh, fun or may not may may actually hurt somebody quite deeply so that's probably an age thing partially um it's also you know partially a sort of political stance perhaps uh, that's developing or developed within me um I, don't know to be honest I think the ideas of progressiveness have changed over the years so yesterday's progressiveness is now out uh, and there's a new progressiveness on the way you know although whether it's truly progressive or if it's actually reactionary at its core is another question uh all right well I've said the reactionary words now so that's almost as bad as saying calling people Nazis so I'll stop there but um yeah, I made a. I thought I'd look at things afresh. I didn't want to be like a teenage boy trying to, to, you know, um, enjoy things merely for their titillation value. Um, and I thought, and I decided to play um, different characters very much when I got back into role playing at the beginning of last year so you know I've had a halfling warrior because why not and I'm currently playing two um, human women uh, females because why not um, I don't go deep into background because that's not what I do I I see how the characters develop as we play um, but I, I certainly certainly wouldn't want my female characters to be used as some kind of object um, for people's kind of uh, fantasy even within the game as a sexual object is it's very uncomfortable um, even if you're a man and you're playing with a character it's just uncomfortable right so how much more um, uncomfortable is it for your sister or your mum or your wife or your daughter right um yeah i mean role playing games right it's just games but it also they can also open our minds and and sort of if we allow them to and give us a different view on things so just at the most simplest yeah um yeah to be aware of these these uh, issues isn't a bad thing and also to be aware of the fact that people take um let's not say take offense at different things because that sounds um, offhanded and uh, and flippant uh, rather rather different things affect people in different ways and there may be reasons uh, that they are um, that they feel quite um, for all the for the most honest reasons they feel these images to be quite offensive and be- perhaps because of experiences in their own lives so it's something to worthwhile i think it's worth bearing in mind that yeah you know um not to treat people as objects really not to be an arse uh, did i use a bad word there uh, all right so anyway lonely adventurer thank you very much for your messages So thank you very much for listening to another episode. This is my 20th episode. Um, Hopefully I'll make some more episodes hereafter too. Um, And even more um, uh, hopeful is that people will actually listen to them and uh, continue to send back um, comments and ideas to to make it meaningful. Anyway, uh, I did not in fact look too deeply at... um, where I hope to go next, but I do have some ideas. Um, I've also been uh, lucky to receive feedback on my role-playing issues, particularly the systematic issues I I have occasionally referred to in Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. And I've received those from um, all number of people, uh, including on other uh, podcasts, uh, particularly uh, Shay Webster, of role play rescue, and of course um, Jason, um, who you heard from earlier, um, and also Chicago Wiz was also very kind to uh, give his ideas on this matter, um, and he has produced a lot of uh, uh, info, shall we say, on on how to handle combat in. The old first edition of Dungeons and Dragons, but that's for another time. I I will hopefully cover some of the um, some of the changes that have occurred and what happened in the final showdown with Lareth the beautiful, beautiful underneath the old moat house uh, outside Homlet. But that's for yeah, that's for another episode. Anyway, again, I, ask, I say thank you. And that's me signing out. Please take care until next time. Bye-bye.